Today we have Brian Smith. We're going to break down Iowa football recruiting, a breakdown of everything going on with the class of 24 and 25 for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Who are some prospects Iowa can still land? What do we know about some of the guys they already have commitments from? All coming up today, Locked On Hawkeyes. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Everybody, wherever you get podcasts, and you can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Well, very happy to be joined today by Brian Smith, our recruiting analyst here for Lockdown, and going to break down some of the big names that have been bandied about here in Iowa recruiting for the next couple of seasons, class of 2024, about halfway home. Most of those guys are going to be making uh, their official visits coming up next weekend for Iowa. Just finish up the Hawkeye tailgater, which kind of sets the scene for class of 2025. And we'll talk about that a little bit, Brian. But first of all, how you doing down in Florida? Doing well, sir. Just uh, trying to survive the heat. This is uh, a rather sweltering day, even for Florida standards. So got the air conditioning going, brother. That's the way to do it. No doubt about it. Well, Brian, I want to start first with uh, just a general kind of take of Iowa football. So they just finished up their 2025 with what they call the Hawkeye tailgater. And what it is, is they invite mostly prospects from across the Midwest, but some of their bigger targets and then the in-state guys that they think they have a pretty good chance of landing right away. One thing that I've heard talking to different people in the recruiting circle is Iowa does it a little bit different than most, where a lot of times, especially that first visit for a lot of these kids on campus, it's more introductory. What Iowa really tries to do, though, is make sure that these guys know if Iowa football is something that interests them, this is the way that it's done. Because Iowa, they do things differently than a lot of programs out there. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of fluff. It's not a whole lot of painting all the bells and whistles. It's like, this is going to be an Iowa football player. Are there many programs out there that do it in a similar vein like Iowa and not just trying to talk about all the great things, but say, hey, here's the hard work that also is going to be a part of it. I think Iowa is about as original as it gets. I would imagine Illinois is similar based on their head coach. But, I mean, like, even even schools that are really, really traditional, like Alabama, Notre Dame, et cetera, they have a lot of acclaim. Their head coaches are taking photos with every recruit. Mm-hmm. They're going out and doing all these photo shoots and stuff. Because kids like it. And they just want the players to sign. Yeah. I know Iowa has some of that, but I don't think Kirk Ferentz is going to be jumping in a ton of photo shoots. Yeah, so, not a whole yeah. lot of that. Yeah, that, that's a rarity. Every once in a while, you'll see the just the stage picture next to each other, but he's not going to be like Brian Kelly was in there, you know, taking the pictures with the 360-degree camera, right? No. <laughs> and that's okay. You need to be who you are. Ferentz mm-hmm. is a tremendous football coach. He's a legend in the state of Iowa. Be who you are. People see frauds every time, so – just doing it that way, I think, is probably better for Iowa and for us. No doubt about it. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about some of the players that I want to get your perspective on. want to start with probably the biggest for the class of 2024 for Iowa, and that is Nikolai Brooks. Nick Brooks down in Georgia this past season for his junior campaign, moved back to the state of Iowa. He'll be going to Cedar Rapids Kennedy for his final campaign. A lot of family in Cedar Rapids decided to come back for a senior year 
Now, a lot of people speculated also that Brooks, when he moved back to Iowa very quickly, he was going to make a commitment to the Hawkeyes. Hasn't happened yet, but it appears that Nick Brooks, certainly the front runner, is the Hawkeyes. But this isn't just getting a kid from the state of Iowa. There's a lot of big-time programs after him. Every now and then you see a kid that is just, like, different than everybody else on a visit. We see him on the sidelines or something. This kid is ridiculous in terms of his size, 340-ish. I don't know. He may be even bigger. Um, look, there's, there's a real easy way to, to put it in perspective, too, because sometimes big guys aren't that good. He has an offer from Alabama and has an offer from Georgia. If that doesn't move the needle for you, then you don't know much about college football. They don't just offer random guys. They are as picky as it gets with offensive tackle recruiting. And Brooks is being scouted and recruited that way. So I'm curious to see what happens with him. Um, I, I mean, these are the kind of kids you can't lose if you're Iowa, right? If you want to climb the ladder and compete with Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State, you have to keep the handful of kids that are in your state at home. Last year, they lost one of the key players to the University of Alabama. That can't happen two years in a row. So um, Brooks, I mean, offensive tackles like this, just you just got to get them. And especially with their zone scheme, he could be dominant. I, I can't imagine him not playing right away. That's the other thing. Iowa doesn't normally have linemen that do that. Mm-hmm. Brooks could do it. So, yeah, they got to have kids like this every time. Absolutely. Gotta get them. That was going to be the hope of Caden Proctor, that he was going to come in right away and, and minimum be a depth piece and That's certainly right. get playing time out there. But now he's at Alabama, more developmental. He can sit for a year, maybe even two if need be. And then he can hit the ground running. But a talent like that, now getting another talent like that back in the state and going through it, it sounds really good, but there's what we saw last year. I mean, Caden Proctor said throughout the whole recruiting process that he was firm to Iowa, even after he took the visit to Oregon. And even after he made his way down to Tuscaloosa and ultimately flipped his commitment two days before signing day. That is difficult. Do you think there's any anything that Iowa can learn, that, that parents and the coaching staff can learn after what they went through last year, Proctor, even if they get a Brooks, which I know a lot of people anticipate here in the next week or two, he's going to make his commitment. Things to learn after the what happened with Proctor last year. Number one, there's no such thing as a commitment, not in today's landscape, especially with NIL. Um, that's the dirty words for a lot of schools. Um, anytime I see Tennessee, Oregon, Texas A&M mentioned with a kid, I always get nervous for a school that's not big on NIL. Iowa, that's not their forte. Uh, Alabama, you know, whether it's on the up and up or not, they're not afraid to help a kid either. So, yeah, you got you to gotta know who your competition is. But he was an in-state kid. You can't just give up on an in-state kid if you think he's looking for a bag of money somewhere. You can't. So that, that's kind of unfortunate that you're in a rock and a hard place. But Proctor was so good. I remember watching his film. I watched like four or five clips and I turned it off. It didn't take very much to figure out he was a stud. So, yeah, you got to recruit him. It's just unfortunate that they lost him right before. So you don't have any way to replace him. Right. It'd be one thing if they'd have lost him like September 1st. At least mm-hmm. you could have recruited another kid. That was the part probably Ferenc got ticked about. The, you can't fix that, you know, at least not without the portal. So that's the unfortunate thing. But he kept telling everybody he was going to Iowa. I don't know what you could have done differently. Right. Yes, is the other thing. It just sucks, and uh, that's recruiting 2023, though. It is. I heard the first murmurs as I was calling the state semifinal game uh, on radio, and there were a couple of people in the press box with Southeast Polk where he went to high school. Oh, he's going on a visit to Oregon, and 
it was just a couple of rumors out there. Well, sure enough, that next morning, wake up and a couple of recruiting services says, yeah, just that, that this is happening and, and kind of away we went from there. Well, he is no longer a part of the Hawkeye family, so we'll move on. I hope Nikolai Brooks is going to be the next great offensive lineman uh, to come through. Want to jump to a couple of skill position players. In fact, three of them for the class of 2024. One guy that is committed, two other guys that are going to be taking their official visits coming up next weekend. Want to start with the wide receiver, Reese Vanderzees. Tall prospect, Northwest Iowa guy. Place that's a very much a stronghold, though Ames is closer. Now, I know Iowa State has sold him very well, what they've done with bigger receivers. Going back to Alan Lazard and a few others that have come through there. Iowa, a little bit more difficult to sell a wide receiver from what they've been offensively, certainly the last couple of years there. What do you see, though, when you watch the tape on this young guy? Tall, lanky prospect, Nebraska also involved. Reese Vanderzee, what do you see? I think he's a kid that could play split in, play the boundary in the spread, go up and get 50-50 balls. But for a tall kid, he can move pretty well laterally, so he can make plays after the catch. And you're right, Iowa State has done a good job of selling that kind of stuff. They, and they obviously, with Brock Purdy, he was pretty good. Uh, whether or not you like him or not as an Iowa fan, he was a good football player. That's going to help. My question is back to you. How do you sell him after what Iowa has done in their passing game for several years? To me, it would be easy, and I, I don't have a I don't have a fight in this. I would go to Iowa State if I because I'm, I'm open minded. But they've proven they can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Iowa needs to be able to prove to him that they're going to get him the football, or else why would you go there? So it's it's really interesting because, like you said, that's the kid that they normally get. Mm-hmm. But Iowa State makes more sense, so it's it's very interesting. He's going to be a fun one to watch. When you look at him and look at his frame, there's some people that think because he's already what six four that maybe he's targeted to become a tight end. Do you see that with his frame? Uh, man, that's a lot of weight to gain. He's just yeah. under 200 pounds. What's he going to gain, 45, 50? Mm-hmm. I mean, in a traditional sense, hell no. But, I mean, you could be a flex tight end. You can call it whatever you want. If you've got a guy out wide in today's game, it's almost like basketball. It's almost positionless, mm-hmm. flex tight end. Does it really matter what you're called? No. Catch the football. So, <laughs> Kenny Block would be, I mean, to be an inline tight end with Iowa's tradition – with what Kurt Ferentz expects, uh, I'm not sure about that. But if he could get up to 225, 230 and still block a little bit, just help on screens, he'd be a huge asset. So there's different ways to look at it. But his pass catching skills, that's not question, and he's a very good athlete. Brian, you want to see something funny? Go back to the last time they got a 6'4", 190-pound wide receiver they turned into a tight end. Take a look at uh, the – recruiting profile of George Kittle when he was coming out of high school. I know. Nobody wanted to get really. Oh, no, no. He was going to Utah State or Air Force, and all of a sudden Iowa came in with a signing day offer, and the rest is history on that one. And does not look like George Kittle we know. Every now and then there's something like that, but I'll still go out on the limb and say that's the exception. Yeah. Not <laughs> there's been a lot of those misses, too, that we thought was going to be the next one that didn't exactly go. All right, let's continue with uh, some of these skill position guys. I want to go next to Brevin Dahl. 2024 running back out of uh, just west of us here in ADMA Dell. Plays at a lower level, doesn't play in the biggest class here in the state of Iowa, but dynamic playmaker, makes some plays with his speed on the outside, but not just a running back. He's a guy that catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. What do you see when you look at Brevendahl? He reminds me a, I remember Robert Smith that played at Ohio State, the long stride. Mm-hmm. That's the way he runs. He's not saying he's that fast like Robert could fly, right. but that's his style. And he is physical. He fits what Iowa does in terms of running zone, making a good read, and just hitting the hole. He has no fear. 
his film was fun and he was completely the best player on the field almost on every play. That wasn't in question. So my only thought is how can he handle the physicality of being a running back at the Big Ten level? Obviously, that is a major step up. So the other thing is with his athleticism, I personally think that long term he would be best to move to defense and play linebackers. I think he'd be a stud. Um, he could be 220 and be one of those guys that can cover in space, which you can never have enough of. But I don't know. Like at Iowa, if they really just want to play him at running back, mm-hmm. he could he could be a good he could be a good player. There's no question. I just don't know what what else they're going to do with him at running back. I mean, they got the kid from Indiana coming who I love at running back too, Williams. He's a stud. Do you need two? Because Iowa always needs more defensive players. I'd move him to linebacker. Well, and here's one other uh, little nugget for you. I know the Dow family, his uh, parents were my uh, good friends growing up. His dad's 6'5". And I uh, oh. talked, to, talked to mom a couple weeks back. They had a visit. He had a little bit of a hip injury during track this year. And I said, hey, did you happen to ask the doctors about his growth plates? He's about 6'1 right now. They said, still wide open. Now, all of a sudden, he gets up to 6'5", like dad, how about that for a guy potentially on the outside with Reese Vanderzee? There, well, you could put him at tight end. You yeah. could put him at edge rusher. You uh-huh. could do all, once you get into the height and length thing, the, the options just go bananas. With his skills catching the football, though, you're talking about a guy that could be an NFL tight end. So height means everything at tight end. You know, those 50-50 balls outside against a DB that's six foot. If you're an offensive coordinator, you like those. So <laughs> you throw it up, and he's got natural skills catching the football like you noted in the outing here, that's, it's easy to see that transition. Mm-hmm. And if, if what they said about him at open growth plates is true, even if he got to six, three, yeah. you could be a flex tight end at that size, be two thirty, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's an interesting thought process. That, that's a good little nugget right there. All right. We're talking with Brian Smith, breaking down Iowa football recruiting. As we continue here, we're going to get into the tight end position. Always so important. What Iowa does, they got a big prospect coming in. For the class of 2024 next week in 2025 recruiting. It's not wrapped up yet, but an in-state kid that is absolutely beloved. We'll talk Iowa tight ends as we continue on Locked On Hawkeyes. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel with baseball season in full swing. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. Don't miss your chance to sweat, snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, wrapping things up here as we continue our conversation on football and Iowa football recruiting with Brian Smith. You can find him on Twitter at FB scout under slash uh, underscore, excuse me, Florida. So Brian, want to talk tight ends. We talk tight ends already. We always talk tight ends because it's Iowa football. We have to talk tight ends because it's kind of the lifeblood of what they are. Certainly offensively. They got a great stable right now with Luke Lachey and Eric all Eric all coming in from Michigan. Ostrega, I think we saw some good things out of him a season ago in his freshman campaign, but it's always about the future. So let's start first with the class of 2024. Eric Carner, young man from in Illinois, Michigan State's involved, Alabama is involved, Florida is involved. I mean, there's some big-time programs that are after him, but his high school coach played for the Hawkeyes. His high school coach has been in the recruiting game for a long time. He knows kind of what's going on. 
and I think is going to help him along this process. What do you see when you pop in the tape? Because the offer list doesn't exactly marry with a guy that's kind of just a middling three-star right now and couple the scouting service. That's why the rankings are always iffy. I tell people all the time, after the first 50, 75 prospects, it's pretty open-ended, man. It, it really is. And that's especially the case for a kid that's from Illinois. There's not as many scouts covering that state. Like, I live in Florida. Like most of the guys live in Texas, California, Florida, or Georgia mm-hmm. because it's the most kids. So it, it makes sense. When you think about the following, though, you know he's good right off the bat. How often does Florida recruit a kid from Illinois? <laughs> maybe one or two a year? Right. Maybe. Yeah. And they want it. So that, that puts it in perspective. Watching his film – this is a kid that's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger than some of the other kids we've talked about, and he's already got the, the wingspan you're looking for. He is a true flex tight end, and I think he could be an impact player. I'm not saying he's the same thing as a Kittle. I mean, let's you know, let's not mm-hmm. overwhelm everybody here, but he's got the skill to be a Big Ten, you know, dominant player. So Michigan State, Iowa, the traditional schools, but then again, like Florida's offered him. Please do not forget that this is a kid that can play for any team in the country. Absolutely a good one. Class of 2025 up in Clear Lake, his high school coach also played for the Hawkeyes up there and in the NFL with Jared DeVries. Thomas Meyer is the young man's name. Playing 3A football, you know, not playing in the biggest uh, of certainly classes in the state of Iowa. But boy, he's a guy that I'm from North Iowa originally. People have been talking about this kid already last couple of seasons. Watch out for this dude. What do you see when you put in the tape of Thomas Meyer? That's an athlete. I look at him as an athlete before I do a football player. He's a kid that can play baseball, be track, wrestler, whatever you want. I was obviously famous for that. They've had a lot of kids that could do different things. Uh, Obviously, the wrestling program itself has been dominant for decades. So I like his ability. I think he could play offense or defense. Just depends on how big he gets. Remember, this is a 25 kid, two years. What's he going to look like in 18 months? Mm -hmm. It's really hard to say, but that's about how far it is before now and the time he signs his letter of intent to Iowa or whatever school it is. He could be 240 pounds by then. So maybe he wants to play defense. Maybe he wants to play tight end. But the upside for him is really good, and he's very nimble. So you can make him an edge rusher. You can make him an inline tight end, a flex tight end. This is the kind of kid that Iowa has been famous for for as long as I've watched football. Back to when Hayden Fry was there, mm-hmm. uh, that famous 84 seed, et cetera. That's what this kind of guy is. And if you're going to win at Iowa, you can't let these kids get away. Awesome. Hey, Brian, always a fun conversation. Thanks for helping us out. Have some more conversations here as we anticipate. I mean, they're going to probably get some commits now coming up, right, with their all the officials next week. Yeah, I mean, this is the time now. The recruiting calendar is so different than it used to be. Yes. Between now and mid-July, regardless of school, the kids start making announcements because they've taken two, three, four visits in June. It's just time. So you never know. You can look at your phone. Oh, so-and-so popped. It, it's just at any moment, something can happen. I'll track you down again soon. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Brian Smith joining us here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Always great conversation with him. We break down what we see with the Hawkeyes. We continue to put a cap on things when we come back on the other side. More Hawkeye football conversation Here with you on a Tuesday, this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. All right, Trent, kind of back with you one final time. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. So much going on here in the recruiting space. Always great information, Brian. 
does a great job. We are on the precipice now of the NBA draft and Locked On's NBA Mock Draft Special is here and bigger than ever. Follow along the entire first round in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available right now on the Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can get some thoughts on Chris Murray, your favorite NBA team, and your favorite prospect. All there with Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Put a cap on things. And coming up on Thursday, we will be back on a normal schedule. And with it, we will have the opportunity to get our first of our summer series with a look back at great Hawkeye teams. So I want to get your team. Who do you want to hear us go back in memory lane and, and talk about, remember, the great seasons in Hawkeye football or basketball? One that's going to be out there. In fact, I believe this is going to be the Thursday episode is the 2002 Iowa team every day, as you heard me mention them uh, just the other day here on the podcast. We're going to talk about that one, 2015, 2009, 1985. That's as far back as my memory goes. So it'll be a little more, a little bit more difficult to go back on those ones. How about great basketball teams? 86, 87, you know, that's going to be at the forefront. 97, 98, Dr. Tom's last go around. Recent history, a little bit more difficult, but we will find uh, some throughout the summer months. That is Throwback Thursday coming your way here on Locked On Hawkeyes later in the week. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.